Hey, Zinzi. Uh, thanks for having me on your session today. Quite a touchy subject at hand, but um, yeah, why not go there? I mean, you know, let's let's address the elephant in the room, you know? I'm, how to retain the little power that we have as Africans based on um, Western influences, uh, I think this is definitely a subject that needs to be addressed uh, with all that is happening and the position that we're finding ourselves in currently. Um, it's paramount that we start to look into such matters, you know. Um, I was exposed today to some content online of how South Africa has um, signed 93 trade agreements with China. Off the bat, that sounds like a good thing, but if you look into it, it it's actually comes from a, it, it, it's reason for concern because uh, those agreements aid more uh, China than they do South Africa. Um, and then you, you, you know, you bring up the issue of exploitation, you know, are we being exploited? You know, what seemingly may come across as opportunities to advance and grow could be disguised in just pure old school exploitation. And if you ask me, it's predominantly that over what seems to be, you know, opportunity. What, what baffles me and really offends me, to be honest, is the idea that it's okay to take without, you know, the exchange of giving. Naturally, any relationship comes with, um, you know, the objective of giving in order to receive. And I don't think there's a true, genuine basis of comparison. Take, for example, the trade agreements between South Africa and China. Um, China has, ha has become South Africa's number one investor, which is fantastic. Okay, great. I'm not going to, you know, look away from the fact that they're, they're investing into the country. They're bringing in income and helping with money and funds that we really don't have for issues that are at hand in our country. But one has to ask what the exchange is. What is that money in exchange for? And is it a fair exchange? This is what bothers me. The exchange, for example, of minerals and natural resources um, for mere goods, materialistic platformed goods, is, <laughs> just doesn't cut it. Like, that's a no-brainer. You know, how is that any point of comparison as a good exchange? How do we exchange our raw resources that make us a rich nation for man-made unquantifiable material goods everything you know anywhere you go is pretty much made in china um you know from a manufacturer's perspective and position and it's great it's great it's easy it, it becomes easily accessible to 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 you know receive things and have things you know from cutlery to crockery to cars you know that are made in china but 
one has to start questioning what we are exchanging to acquire those things. It really is exploitation, daylight robbery, if you ask me. And um, it's not right. My question becomes whether our leaders are good enough for us. Are they coming from a position to protect and preserve what is truly African and what, you know, sets us apart from other countries? Or are they coming from a position of greed and personal agenda, you know, personal um, objectives to grow financially? Are they businessmen or are they actual politicians who are placed in a diplomatic position to stand and strive for the protection, growth and development of their countries? It's seemingly um, evident to me that, that that's not the case. And it's very disappointing, more especially if you, you know, having put those people into power, you would have hoped for a different agenda. Um, yeah, it's important for us as Africans to expose ourselves and be exposed to these truths so that we can do something about it. You know, I wasn't so much aware of um, the position that we are in as South Africa when it comes to the like of China. And many other African countries have found themselves in such positions, you know. It really is a pathetic situation, if you ask me. And Westernized societies would not, would not accommodate um, or tolerate situations like this. We've been exploited for, you know, generations on end as Africans. And I think it's time to put a stop to it. Um, we, we, we already left with little power, but the little that we have is enough. And hopefully if people uh, take on the responsibility of that power, we can get to a place where we, you know, we develop it and grow it more and more. The westernized society has already underestimated us, but the saddest thing would be if we as Africans underestimate ourselves. So I think we will um, retain that little power by engaging you know, amongst ourselves as South Africans, as Africans. As South Africans, we need to do better. Firstly, by acknowledging our African counterparts as relevant, we need them. You know, back in the struggle days, my father and my family in general was very much a part of the struggle and um, an activist to some extent. Uh, I know, you know, by the stories he'd tell me, or he told me in the past, that um, African countries were very, very much a part of the struggle with South Africa. And they were very, very much key holders, key holders um, in assisting South Africa to liberation you know, exposing the injustices that black people were going through in South Africa at that time. And South Africans, a lot of, um, what do you call them? Um, people would find refuge in, 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 you know, neighboring countries, the likes of Zimbabwe, Nigeria, you know, there's a, to name a few, there are so many countries that came to South Africans aid, South Africa's aid within Africa during that time. But unbeknownst to South Africans, you know, we look at our fellow Africans in the wrong light. And it's really purely because of ignorance. And I don't want to take the responsibility away from South Africans. As South Africans, we need to open up our minds, educate ourselves, and begin to understand uh, who, you know, 
our fellow Africans are and how much and understand how relevant they are in our lives um, at, at such a time as this. We've got the Western society who's very willing, as we recently saw during this, you know, corona pandemic, to exploit Africa, use us as guinea pigs to test vaccines and testing kits. You know, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had that incident. That was an ample time for us as Africans to come together and prove to the Western society that we are united because they have a divide and conquer mentality. And because they've, they've realized in the past that that's what, that's what works. We never stand together. And that's a problem. We need to be more interactive. We need to engage and we need to create our own and create from our own soil, manufacturing um, platforms and invent our own generational relevance, create our own platforms to generate income. You know, if we can learn to do things for ourselves, it will be hard. It will take a while, but it is a foundation that would la that will last, you know, for generations to come. If we don't do it now and learn how to, you know, become codependent as Africans, we're going to be taken advantage of. As much as I dislike what the Western society tends to do, the likes of China at times, um, I can't place much blame on them because, look, we are, we are vulnerable. They're looking at us and thinking, yeah, you know, why not? The heart of man is greedy. The heart of man is selfish. As the word of God even says, money is the root of all evil. People will go at, you know, would stop at nothing. Pardon me. People will stop at nothing to, to, to grow and have power and, and have more money. It would be very naive to think that people's intentions are genuine and, and you know, people have, don't have ulterior motives when it comes to Africa and how, how we progress and how, how they interact with us. Not all things are as they seem. And um, I think we need to catch a wake up. As Africans, we need to wake up, you know, take possession and ownership of our continent and present and represent ourselves with a sense of dignity and pride. And as leaders, defend your country, defend your nationals, defend your resources. God gifted and blessed us with them. Let us not have other people enjoy what is rightfully ours. That's my two cents. Hey, look, I could go on and on and on, um, but... I really hope we come right. I really, really hope we come right. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I hope this, yeah, that's that's really me from me in a nutshell. How to take back our power. Nancy kicked off the conversation with some chilling and thought-provoking facts. I titled this episode, How to Take Back Our Power, or like Nancy mentioned, how to retain the little power that we have in our own personal capacity. In order to do that, we need to know and understand what our power once was and why we've lost it. How can we get it back? And what things have we previously not considered powerful to us as Africans? I'm not going to talk about or highlight formal sectors. You can listen to the news networks for that or watch a TED talk. When I talk about power, it's not in a superhero context. I mean, we do live in the real world. People in the real world, or power rather, in the real world, is always economic and financial. Without a steady balance of the two, we're left exposed and helpless and at the mercy of unscrupulous people and nations. So I want to come on here and point out a few things that we could do 
to implement in our daily lives to change the, state, the status quo. There are certain things that have been put in place by governments. Some of those things aren't in our best interest as a people on the ground, simply trying to manage our daily lives and get ahead. We need to identify with what sets us apart as Africans because we have those inherent traits. What gives us identity? A few things that I've taken note of would be the way we dress, the materials we use to make our clothes, because that definitely sets us apart. What do we consume mentally? And also what food do we eat? Now it's a known fact that Africans love music. We love listening to it. We have a particular sound that appeals to us and also differentiates us from across the globe. Most of our youth are interested in pop culture and they'll tell you that they want to be an, an artist of some sort. They look up to the Beyonce's, Jay-Z's, Kendrick's and the Banksy's of this world. I think our job is to encourage them in these parts. But we need to educate them about the music business as a whole. Things young people need to know and ask. What is a 360 deal? What does it mean to own the masters of your music? Which record label or modeling agency are you looking to sign to and why? What are they offering you? What opportunities are available to you if you can't play soccer anymore due to possibly breaking a leg and being out of season? I mention these professions because those seem to be the ones that young Africans take interest in, and we're good at them too. By asking these questions and understanding the knowledge ourselves, we're equipping the youth with knowledge of how things work and what you need to know beyond just getting a paycheck. The same goes for aspiring designers, hairdressers and stylists, to name a few. Learning the business of the industry you're interested in also opens up other opportunities within that space should you not realize your primary creative dream. I feel we also need to understand the importance of purchasing locally produced textiles. Cloth and textile producers need to look into more viable ways of creating affordable clothes for all of us. I wish our older generation would gather up the young ones and teach them how to weave cloth the way they've always done it. With that knowledge, the young ones could modernize production. We need to be open-minded, and that is a decided effort on our part. We should have partnerships with other nations that benefit us as well. With the many cultures that we have in Africa, I'm surprised we don't have one big fair where we can all go, you know, just meet up in one country and have different cultural clothes from all over Africa where people can and come and buy from each other and also learn about different cultures. Buying African art also needs to become a thing. Our African art shouldn't just appeal to Europeans, but to us as well. Our African art tells our stories. By buying these pieces and sculptures, we make... We make them investment pieces as well. We're able to preserve the correct narrative, a narrative that we can relate to our children's children. That's just one way of looking at it. Another industry that is a billion dollar industry is the beauty industry. But we seem to be predominantly the consumers and not the manufacturers. Why can't we be both? I mean, hell, we're the ones practically giving China our blueprint and it's still trial and error even for them, because they aren't us, so they'll never get it 100% right. But we take it, 
it seems like we're more patient with them than we are with ourselves. We work with them and whatever it is that they're producing. I honestly feel at this point, self-care should be a subject at school where our kids are taught how to manage and love their hair and their skin. Honestly. I'd like to thank the beauty influencers that have stepped up to the plate. Thanks to you, we've made great progress in that department. The time and the effort that you guys have put in to discover yourselves and put out content is acknowledged because through you, we find ourselves. I mean, if you find a beauty influencer nowadays that looks like you, you are able to take their beauty regimen and adapt it to your own. Even wearing natural hair is now more accepted in corporate spaces. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is the importance of getting our voices heard in whatever it is that matters to us. Look into industries that seem informal or unregulated and change that. The sooner we do that, the more likely we'll be taken seriously. These aren't trivial matters. Speaking on these things gives us seats at tables we weren't previously allowed to sit at. I'm going to end on that note. Let's keep these conversations going. Let's be supportive of businesses and individuals that are out there doing things that aren't necessarily the norm. Let's continue to monetize on things that are unique to us. Also, for those that want to listen to this podcast and don't have Anchor, you can listen on Spotify as well by clicking the link that I would have sent to you on your browser. Please share with your friends and people you may know that love having such conversations. Ask them to do the same as well. If you are on Anchor, please give us feedback. You're welcome to email us. The email address will be in the description. Or even leave us a voice note stating your thoughts and your suggestions. But please be respectful with it. Until next time, keep well and safe until our next broadcast. Thank you. Bye.